just not a math person, or maybe you've heard your child or your students talk about how hard math is. Like the anxiety just starts to build up. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today on the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and I'm excited to dive into some simple strategies that can work to help lower the anxiety around the topic of math. Math can cause a lot of stress because let's just face it, there's one right answer, right? We can't negotiate if you're right or wrong. It's black and white, and we don't want to fail. Our students, our children, they don't want to fail. And failing is part of math. But what if we could flip the thinking around that? And, and we don't think about it as failing. We think of an incorrect answer as an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to celebrate when we get to the next step. You know, there's a, a lot of misconceptions around math being so hard that a student can't move forward because perhaps they have a specific learning disability, or perhaps they have a diagnosis such as Down syndrome or autism, and they can only go so far. Those are all misconceptions, and those are things that need to be taken away, especially in the area of math. Math is an area that builds independence. And if we can get around the anxiety and we can get around the low expectations and we can get around this, you know, just kind of thought of math is hard, then we can start seeing some more independence and we can start seeing more success around this topic of math. So math also tends to create something called learned helplessness. That's when a child is like, nope, math is hard. So they ask for help before they actually need it. It becomes something that they don't want to try. I'm actually going to bring a resource to you called 99Math. I'll put the links here. Uh, and we're going to talk about how you can use this tool of 99Math to help avoid this math anxiety or, or this stress over getting everything exactly right all the time or having this learned helplessness of asking for help before we get to the right answer. Math can also cause passive learning. Passive learning is when, yes, I'm sitting through the lesson. I, I'm, I'm looking like I'm on task. I look like I'm participating, but I'm actually not. I'm kind of just taking it all in and I already feel defeated before it's even started. So again, we, we need some tools. We need some creativity. We need some things to make sure that we are engaging students at all different levels, that we truly are differentiating instruction, meeting students where they're at, and then helping them move forward. And you know, sometimes on this topic of math, it's hard for us too, because maybe you still have that internal thought yourself of, I'm just not a math person. In fact, I'm a special education teacher, right? So I haven't been in the classroom for a long time. I've been traveling the country, teaching parents, teachers, admins, and therapists how to write IEPs that work in the real world. Math is a part of that. Now, I have six years of college education. I have two degrees specifically in special education. And I can tell you, I had one class that taught me how to teach math. One. Now, there's no way, quite honestly, that I could have walked in as a new teacher or even as a teacher now and said, okay, I'm going to be a, a co-teacher for algebra in high school. I would have to do a lot of work before I stepped into that role. And I want you to fully understand that if you are the special education teacher who's nodding their head right now saying, yep, I did not have the training that I needed in math. Or if you're a parent and you're hearing this for the first time, just know, like think of it from the perspective of when we go to school to be a special education teacher, we don't typically have 
specific instruction in depth in different subject areas. We have to rely on doing a lot of our own type of research and our own type of self-instruction and our own type of collaborating with other teachers to get this core curriculum knowledge that we need so we can differentiate. That's why we need the best of the best tools to help make this happen. We need to help all students make, make breakthroughs in their struggles that they have in math, but that means that we have to make some breakthroughs breakthroughs too. Now we can speed up those things by using technology, by looking at our resources um, that we have and the people around us who have been there and done that. It's so critical for us to address this math anxiety and getting through this math struggle because we're using math every day. Again, I said, you know, I love to help parents and teachers and admins and therapists write IEPs that work in the real world. Math is a huge part of that. We're using it for money. We're using it for time management. We're using it to figure out how many forks to put on the table. We're using it to figure out how long do we have to wait in line to get on this fun ride at the amusement park, or we're even you know, looking at how many different outfits do we need to pack in the suitcase before we go on vacation. This is math all the time, every day. So we have to get some math basics done. We have to make sure that we have this foundation. It's completely possible for us to flip our thinking of making math just one right answer and then you fail into this more of a growth mindset of, yes, we all make errors and then we move forward. This is a great lesson that happens within math. It also means that we have to evaluate every step of the way. That math is not just about kind of drill and kill is, is what we used to call it in our teacher community. It was this, you know, drill and kill kind of like just do the facts over and over and over. We have to integrate some evaluations. We have to integrate how are we going to teach different. We have to figure out how are we going to make math more relevant. So it's really important. The first thing to kind of start to come over this anxiety in math is to make sure that we're connecting math specifically to the students that we are teaching. Now, I know that differentiating for every student in the classroom can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can look at what preferred interests are for each of the children, and we can prep and, and start to figure out. So, for example, if there's a certain character that a student likes, let's start using that character as the foundation of their manipulatives for math. We need to make sure that we're looking at a different variety of tools, that we're not just looking at manipulatives, that we're looking at different ways to deliver the content. And that's where I want to talk just for a minute about 99Math. 99Math is an app that teachers can use with their students, and then parents can also access this at home with their student. Here's why I love it. Number one, you can play with it untimed. So with math, a lot of times we're talking about how many problems can you get done or who can get the problems done the fastest. 99Math absolutely has that option, but it also has the option to play solo. I don't know about you, but you know, I, I remember the, the old school games where like you had to put in your, your math answers and then like the rocket ship is going to launch. So, you know, that can be a lot of pressure and a lot of like, I just want to give up because I can only go so fast for so long on this, on this app. And there's a lot of apps that are set up that way. The great thing about 99Math is that you can have the opportunity to work timed and work untimed. The other great thing that I love about 99Math is that it is evaluating every step of the way and it's not just evaluating the students. 
You know, us as teachers and parents, we have to be able to evaluate ourselves and figure out, is there a trend that's happening with our students of a concept that they're not getting. That means that we need to do something differently as a teacher. And we need to look at this report or, or this assessment that we need to gather and decide, are we missing something in our instruction? And that's why our students are not getting to the correct answer. Again, that's something that 99math can, can really address. And, and it's important, you know, I specifically picked out 99 math because it, it has this opportunity to be so flexible and has the opportunity to differentiate. I've been through a lot of different online programs and a lot of different things looking at how are we going to make math fun. And a lot of times fun with math means that we're going to use screens. And I know a lot of times we're looking to reduce screen time, but we not only have to, you know, be conscious of the amount of screen time that we have, but we need to be intentional with it. So finding different resources that are going to support these big things that we have to overcome, like math anxiety or, you know, really getting down our math facts and being able to see how are we improving not just what are we getting wrong, but how are we improving? That's a big strategy when it comes to teaching math and making sure that the child feels successful. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I just read this one uh, today, and, I, and it definitely reminded me of many of the students that I've had the opportunity to work with. So a lot of times I get called into different crisis situations. So a parent might find me on Facebook or here on the podcast and, and then they might say to their district, like, hey, my child's struggling. I think Catherine might be able to help. So then they tell their admin and then the admin reaches out to me. And then I end up going out to the school district and I'm following around you know, a student trying to figure out like, what is going on in their day? Why are they not feeling successful? And a lot of times I get called in when there's, um, you know, inclusion situations that are not working. A child is shutting down. The parent is like, no, my child needs to be inclusion in inclusion. And I don't want to give up. I, I want to try to make this work. And, but everybody's kind of just stuck. And my job is to help get them unstuck. So a lot of times I'm seeing shutdowns and I'm seeing meltdowns. And this, this particular situation that I was reading about today was about a child who he had a big um, anxiety meltdown all the time when it came to math tests. If there was going to be a math test, this child would do anything they could to get out of going to that class. I'm sure some of you are nodding your head right now going, yep, I, I get it. I understand that. So we had to first figure out how are we going to get the child engaged in learning? This particular situation, which is not mine, I was just reading about it um, in, in one of the special education resources that I love. I love to, to figure out what everybody's doing around the country and how can we integrate that and make sure that we um, are, are using all of the experience that we can to help even more students. So this one in particular, the, the team decided that they were going to do their best just to get the child to come into the classroom during the math testing time and the child did not have to take the math test. We first had to make it a safe place for, for the child to go, right? So once they figured out how to have the child come into the classroom and it's like, nope, I promise, like we're not doing the math test today. Then we said, you could work on math. That's what the team said. The team said, you can work on math. So they said, he started working on math. Turns out that he was working on math in a digital way, just like what I described with 99 math. So he was working on, you know, his math problems and the teacher could see how he was doing in real time. 
And with that, she could evaluate him. She could also switch up her own teaching practices. And of course, the student figured it out. He was like, wait a minute, this work that I'm doing, you actually get to see what I'm doing, which we all know that's like taking a test, right? So it was about walking a student through step-by-step step and making sure that we got over the anxiety of math tests are, are, are big and scary and I can fail and there's only one right answer and there's all this pressure into saying like, no, this is a learning experience. So a lot of times when we're, when we're talking about how are we going to change up and get a child more engaged in math, it's about figuring out what is that barrier? Is it something that it's just, there's one right answer. So, so that feels scary. Or is it boring? And, and it, they've been working on the same thing over and over and over. And we need to add some variety. We need to add some new tools. We need to look at some apps. We need to look at some different manipulatives, some different things. Is there possibly this concept of learned helplessness that has happened? And maybe it happened last year. If you're the teacher, it happened last year and you weren't even a part of that. You're like, I don't even know like, like what happened last year with the student, but we need to get back on track. So this child is, is putting forth the effort before we come swooping in to put in a bunch of supports that maybe the child just needs some encouragement. And that's more of a mindset of math is hard and we need to show how math can be a, a true success for this student. We need to make sure that we're differentiating and we're meeting a student where it's at, that we're constantly evaluating, that we're looking at where's the child at and is what we're working on truly important for the real world. Is this something that we can take this skill that we are working on really hard and can we apply it in the real world? And if so, yes, let's keep on going. Let's work through these barriers. Let's make sure that the child is actively participating and that we have this um, opportunity for engagement every time that a child is working on math. Math is one of the easiest things to just kind of throw our hands up and say, oh, no. Again, it's, it's just too hard. But there's so many different opportunities for us to differentiate. And I want to encourage one last final tip. The last thing that I would love for you to do is to create a routine that includes math. A lot of times we create routines that have to do with reading, right? We have silent reading or we have independent reading or we have story time. And you know what? Reading, absolutely should have all of those things. We should have all of these opportunities to read all the time. I love reading. I'm obsessed with reading. And you know what? I liked math up until a point, okay? I am definitely one of those people that I like, I got to a certain level in math and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm so much of a math person anymore. I know what it feels like to have like, I don't know if I can do this equation. I don't know if I can, can make this happen. But reading, I was like, oh, I can practice that and I can interpret it in different ways and I can justify my thoughts on it. It was a totally different type of experience. But if we start to create math as part of the routine, so if we use something like 99Math and we create something like a classroom game every day, or we create something where the child is working and seeing their own improvement every day, and we make it part of the evaluation or this ongoing testing, so it's not a big, scary math test, but it now becomes a routine and we get to see this gradual improvement, or we get to use it as a bonus game, right? And a bonus game could happen every day. So this bonus game and being able to 
to use these different tools and say, okay, every day we're going to have math put into our routine, not just in the way of we have our core, you know, 20 minute instruction of it every day, but that we're building math into something that we get used to doing, that we're learning something new. Sometimes we get it right the first time, sometimes we don't, and then we have to keep on going through that. You know, really showing a child independence in math can give them independence long-term. And as you know, that's what we're always looking for through our IEP process. We have to go through this again. It's been a little while since I have brought to you the purpose and findings of ideal law. So let's just go ahead and wrap up with that. Remember, it's our job as parents, teachers, admins, and therapists to provide a child with a free and appropriate public education that meets their unique needs, that prepares them for further education, employment, and independent living. I didn't make that up. It's inside of the purpose and findings of ideal law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm sharing with you where to look. And you know what, integrating math into a child's school day on an everyday basis beyond a, a standard instructional time is definitely a way that we can help make sure that a child is prepared for further education, employment, and independent living. If you got any ideas from this when you're like, yes, we need a routine, or yes, we need to differentiate the instruction and use some different tools. Yes, math, anxiety, learned helplessness, or this passive learning, I see it all the time, or I can see that in my child, I can see that in my student. If you're like, if you had an aha moment, could you just go ahead and drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube? Just make sure that you're engaging. Let me know. Tell me. Tell me what you were like. Yes, I get it. Yes, I understand that. You can also go ahead and, and ask questions and inside of the comment section. And let's talk about what else do you need to make sure that you are helping prepare every child for further education, employment, independent living. Leave that five-star review. Go ahead, leave those comments on YouTube, and I'll see you guys next time.